We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your host, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, entering the last weekend of the season. And it looks like the Yankees have secured home field in the wild card. Their magic number is... Uh, their magic number to Did secure home that? field... Did you just do that? Did I just do what? That, that they've secured it, locked up, that's it? Have uh, you yeah, not been paying uh, attention this year? I'm <laughs> calling it. Because their magic number to secure home field is is Two. two. Their magic number to make the wild card game is one, but I, 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 the the Orioles just did the Yankees a massive favor huge favor. This week. I mean, shout out Baltimore Orioles. Thank you very much. Did um, you see the? Uh, they they put out a tweet. It was pretty funny. Is that? It's that meme that's that's been around for a while. Of the the kid like playing music at the top of a um, a balcony with like three people down there cheering him on, or and he they just had the logos of all the people in the wild card. The Baltimore Orioles. Well, uh, the Baltimore Orioles the have party. had perhaps the biggest impact on the playoff race over the past few years because whoever mops the floor with, with Baltimore wins the division. And now they're basically dictating who who's going to be in the wild card because they've they've been they played well against Boston this week. And uh I think they could also ruin Toronto's time this weekend. So 
that's Baltimore just in the thick of it with the AL wildcard race. But yeah, I'm calling it because the Yankees have put themselves in a position. They did that with the sweep in Boston and then winning the series in Toronto, I think put Toronto far enough behind them. Boston and Seattle just out of nowhere. Like, oh, the Mariners I said, hey, keep your eye on Seattle. I said this a couple weeks ago. They're, I don't they're understand working. what's going on out in the Pacific Northwest. They have a negative run differential, yet they are tied for the second wild card spot. But we will talk about all the wild card possibilities in the in the look forward section. This is Friday Fives, so I want to do five takeaways. Clear in a way, the number one takeaway as we sit here on Friday, October 1st, is Garrett Cole doesn't look right. And he hasn't looked right since he basically shoved the bats down the Anaheim Angels' throats, which I had called at the time one of his best performances of the season because it it broke up that Yankees' mini four-game losing streak after they had the long winning streak. But since that moment, he has a 6.15 ERA and a 5.14 FIP in five starts. He's had three horrendous starts, one of which was the game against Toronto when he had his hamstring uh, pop up. But also, bad outing versus Cleveland, another bad outing versus Toronto. And then his other two starts have been average, in my opinion, Baltimore and Boston. I didn't think the Boston outing last weekend was anything special. Um, he's had a swing and miss issue, which which is a problem. And, and it, it leads me to believe, I don't know what else we can believe other than the fact that he's not 100% healthy. He's saying he's 100% healthy, but he's not pitching like a guy who's 100% healthy. No, he's not. When you're when you're not getting the swings and misses, that means, you know, one, you're I mean, last night he was in the zone more. He didn't have any walks, whereas the the start before that, you know, clearly if Garrett Cole's not over the plate, he's a different guy. Um, but they were just they were making a lot of contact. They were they were they were getting to him, which, yeah, they're jumping on the um, on his pitches. So he's not there's no deception. There's not there, you know, he's not able to ride his fastball and then work he's off not of even a guy that works pitches. off of deception he's a guy that works off of my stuff is unhittable right but when you're when you're not i'm saying more for the uh the three walk appearance when you're when you're when you're not in, in over the plate then it's a different animal completely because you don't have to you don't have to uh do the same things you don't have to worry about him uh getting ahead in the count and then the batters being in a bad spot but even last night he was throwing strikes he was just being hit he was just he was hittable and and that's a that's a, a bigger problem than even not having your location because the location just changes the the way that you have you know that you approach your start or the way that you approach your at bat it's your it's your strategy essentially going into an at bat if you're just hittable and there's nothing there's nothing that's you know either your stuff is good or it's deceiving or whatever it looks like that's a bigger problem and that's what we saw last night and that, I mean a much better offense obviously but or uh, two nights ago yeah. much better offense but so him being hittable is bad. It's been a trend with him all season. He has not pitched well against the AL East opponents that the Yankees have been chasing all year, the Rays, the Red Sox, and the Blue Jays. But look at the four-seam whiff percentage numbers I took from Brooks Baseball. In his most recent start, 7%, and in his start against Boston, 6%. And then against Cleveland, actually, the game he didn't pitch well was 14%. His previous outing was 13%. And then... If you compare that to numbers when he was pitching really well in August, it was up 17%, 14%, and then the, the Anaheim start was 30%, which is just laughable. No one's going to have that. But he's a guy that usually lives in the 15 to, to 18% range, and now he's at the 6 and 7% range. That's a massive difference. Look, I think that 
I'm also looking at these numbers from his last start. The if you look at going back to the the numbers that you have in the in the notes here um, against Toronto, so from from nine seven until uh, till Wednesday night when he pitched the one two three four five outings five outings two, two walks three walks one walk three walks zero walks this is a guy that didn't walk <laughs> he like look would at not look at the strikeouts anybody. too look at the strikeout six six seven seven two okay his strikeout that's not a good ratio no I know that that's that that's that's more of my point when I'm seeing no when I'm seeing that you know there's no walks and he was just getting a lot of contact the other night it's like he was effectively trying to throw the ball over the plate more and 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 limiting that control. And when he was over the plate, he was hittable. Whereas the you know some of these other times, he's recognized that he's not over the plate. The mechanics are not there. You know whether it has to do with anything grip on the ball. It's getting cooler. Who knows? There's a there's a there's something going on here where he's trying to compensate. It looks like for uh, something that's not going right for him. And for over the last five starts, his control has not been good. And then you see that he doesn't walk anybody, and then he's hittable. That's bad. That's a bad sign. It was a really bad outing on Wednesday. In a, it was a must-win game. Basically, had the Yankees won that game, who knows? Maybe then we are actually talking about them having secured home field, and I, I couldn't jinx them at that point. But in my opinion, that was a must-win game, and he was bad. How do you feel about him going into what will actually be a must-win game, a wild-card game? I still am confident he's not going to suck. I don't think he's going to get bounced in the second or third inning. But if he's just okay and it's five and a third innings, three runs, is that that's not going to be good enough in a wild card game? No, it's this is why Masahiro Tanaka is not on this team. We we need to we need to see him in a, in a wild card game. Like to me, the the beginning of this of this this game and his presence out there is going to say a lot about what he is. If he's if he's peppering the zone and and you're seeing some movement and he's effective, then I think that that he, you know he's locked in. But again, if he's to me again, the when you're looking at Wednesday, when you're over the plate and you're hittable, that's problem. He should not be as hittable as he is when he's over the plate because that's when Garrett Cole is going very well. You just he blows fastballs by people. He he's just that good. He's controlling the entire at bat. If we see that early on from him, then you know you're you're getting uh, you're getting Garrett Cole because what that does early in the game is going to change you know whoever we're playing the the mindset of the batter where they have to be more aggressive and when you're more aggressive earlier in the count a lot of times against Garrett Cole you can fall behind and then that's that's a recipe for for bad news for a, an offense against him so I think we're going to see what he is in that first that first inning that first uh, two innings but I mean so obviously that's 10. the guy you want on the mound. Well, obviously, but like rank it one to ten, your confidence level with Cole on the mound in the wild card, right now. Right now, it's probably a six. Yeah, five, five and a half, six is what I was thinking. It should be a nine or a ten with Garrett Cole. Like that's the whole season. Ever since we realized this team's not going to win the AL East, the whole season has been based on we have Garrett Cole in the wild card game, and that's going to be better than the other team. So let's just get there. And right now, that's not better than the other team. He's not been pitching better than the other team for a month. Yeah. He, and, you know, for, for that game, it's going to be, uh, we'll see how it lines up. But you made a you made an interesting point when we were talking before the show, too. It's like the, the people that are, the, the teams that are uh, that are going to be there, one of the teams that we're going to play, 
the the worry is not necessarily on the pitching side, but it's on the offense. It's on a it's on oh, an yeah. offense going really well. If if Toronto's Boston offense and Toronto who have both and Boston's hit, offense is in a groove, like that's going to both gonna hit be Cole recently, right? Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. If he again, I think the his him starting out of the gates uh, strong is going to be massively important for that. Yeah, my point earlier, just so everyone is you know is aware, was that I don't really care who starts for Boston or Toronto against the Yankees. Like I know Robbie Ray's probably going to win the Cy Young. I think Cole has pitched himself out of the Cy Young with these last five starts. And I Robbie know Robbie Ray tried would, to last night. Tried, he tried to, but that's only one start. Flip a coin though, Ryu or Robbie Ray. Like, are, do you care? Like I, I don't, I don't really care who's pitching that game. I actually think Yankees. Ryu is probably. I mean, he's the guy that I would would uh, would rather not see because of because he's the, just like trickier and craftier. He's tri- and yeah, like, he's he's yeah. he's more of a yeah. He's got that crafty veteran. I could see him just like completely nutting up. He's for pitched a in World Series games before with the Dodgers yeah. and stuff. Right? Yeah, I could see that. Happen. And with the Red Sox, the Yankees finally have hit Nathan Evaldi the last couple times out, and Chris Sale is a shell of himself right now. So. I don't know, flip a coin there as well. I'm more worried about those offenses. And when you're talking about if there needs to be a play-in game, which is possible for Red Sox, the Blue Jays, or the Mariners, that certainly benefits the Yankees because those teams have to travel. They're tired. Their bullpens are tired. But it's not like you're erasing a Justin Verlander or a Max Scherzer from the equation where it's like, oh, now we clearly have the advantage. No, but I think what you just said, the what it does is it it, it gets into the bullpens. It it gives you all of That's probably the biggest benefit yeah, is the bullpens. For the, sure. The travel and the the team being tired is not really a factor because it, any it, momentum outweighs any you of that. You just amp up. Yeah, the adrenaline kicks in and you're you're good. <laughs> like you you you, you just tired you later. You crush some greenies in a large cold <laughs> yeah. brew and you are good to go. Right. No, you're right. It's the the bullpen is is definitely like whatever happens in those in in a play in game. If a bullpen is taxed, like let's say starting pitchers get knocked out early because offenses do shine in, in a game like that, you get into the bullpen early. Then then yeah, then then the Yankees are in a much uh, much better position here, especially because you know the starting pitchers don't necessarily scare us on on the other side. But if the Yankees are in a bullpen position earlier, if our bullpen's hurt too, like the Yankees' offense should absolutely jump all over them. So um, it just puts the Yankees' offense in a much better position. Number two, Jamison Tyon's season's probably over. He re-aggravated his right ankle injury after just seven outs against the Blue Jays. Oddly, though, they haven't placed him on the IL. I, I, I don't get it. I don't see him pitching again this year. Of if he comes back and then immediately has to to leave again with a re-aggravated ankle injury. But um, I don't know. Give a give a reaction to Tyon's first season in pinstripes. Um, I we saw we saw what he could, what he what the potential is. I think that we saw what a lot of uh, scouts saw and what the the Yankees organization saw in Jamison Tyon and what he could be. So I think it was positive, and and, and for the most part, when he was healthy, he pitched well. Uh, the the first half of the season, you know, into into the middle of June, like the guy again, I, I believe he was making sure he was healthy, getting getting back into that groove. Like you, it's really hard to look at that and and take anything away from it. But you know, once once he found that that the body's reacting in the way that I want to, that he can you know bust out the whole repertoire of his pitching. Uh, I think we saw good things. Re- injuries got reaggravated again, and that's and that's where where he 
He's a good pitcher when healthy, okay? They're, the Yankees are a good baseball team when healthy. I don't know what that means. They've or, been largely healthy this year, though. Right. Well, that's true. But, okay, Especially let me break it down even Judge. further. I mean, I mean, right now, Stanton and Judge have been carrying the Yankees' yes. offense, and especially Aaron Judge. I mean, the man came to play last night. My God. With the, with the two home runs and the diving catch. And obviously, are we, was, are, can, can, can anybody even talk about that narrative of him not being clutch anymore? Can, can they just... <laughs> Fuck well, off they all would, of them. If he if he goes 0 for 4 in the wild card game, then it'll pop so back stupid. up again. The guy, stay, the guy is, is just like ready for the big moment. And I, I want him up over absolutely anybody. And Stanton had the monster weekend at Fenway Park. And right now, those two guys are carrying the offense and they're healthy, which is exactly what we have been waiting for. Is both of those guys healthy, playing well at the same time because they are unlike any other players in baseball when those things are both true. Um but, uh, oh God, what were you talking about before? Oh, Jameson Tyon. If I had to use one word to describe his season, I would say it was outstanding. Oh gosh. <laughs> A little callback to uh, Michael Kay's description of his first ever outing with the Yankees, which I believe he went three and two thirds uh, innings. I mean, when, when we're looking at when we're looking at what he what he did in the stretch where he got very hot and he was the Yankees' best pitcher. One, the Yankees needed it in 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 that stretch. So. That stretch was, was also like was, four starts. It was very good timing. It was more than no, four no, starts. I'm, I, I, I'm kind of being hard on time. It was an actual word to use is encouraging. How yeah, about that? That's that's a good word. I, li- because, I like that word. I think for him as personally and for for us as a, a fan base looking at what he can be, it just it, as as a, a number of these guys, it boils down to his health and if he can if he can stay well, healthy. And the ankle's like a it's kind of a weird thing, right? It's not, but that's, it's not a, necessarily... but that's a concern. I mean, health is certainly encouraging for what he can be next year. But again, it's like, was well, he just an injury guy? Is this James Paxson 2.0? Yeah. When he's healthy and pitching, he's pretty good, but he's going to get injured because he's always been injured. Like, is that what Jamison Tyon is? He a right-handed James Paxson? I don't know. Time will tell. Well, I think time has told <laughs> that, that he does get injured quite a bit, so... It's a matter of if he can uh, come back uh, in a in a full year after a relatively productive season. But encouraging is the good word. I, I like what I've seen from him. It, it what makes it difficult when you have a starting rotation of five is when you have a number of guys who are who have proven to be injury guys. It's very difficult to plan that. It's very difficult to to, to make sure you have seven enough or eight starters because you need. You you can only have really five starters in the major leagues. Everything else has to come from <coughs> the, what's happening in in AAA at that point too. And you know maybe you can hide a couple guys in the bullpen that that can be stretched out. But that rotation is set in the beginning of the year, and your pitching staff is set in the beginning of the year. And unless you're making a trade in the middle of the year, there's just there's not a lot you can do unless you have depth in the minor leagues. Number three, Johnny Loisaga is back. He pitched an inning on Wednesday. Boone said they're going to avoid using him in multi-inning situations. Um, a corresponding move was the Yankees' option to Andrew Heaney, Heaney to the Florida Complex League. I guess he still had options left. And then on the broadcast that night, yes, uh, on the Yes broadcast, Meredith reported that, quote, the Yankees still believe in Andrew Heaney. And when she said that, I yelled out, Why? Why do they still believe in this man? But they do. Um, as this relates to the Yankees' bullpen, though, so Loisaga probably not going to be a multi-inning guy, at least for the next... At least for... season. Well, I don't know. Maybe if he's if he remains... If the Yankees' playoff 
um, playoffs continue and they make an ALCS, maybe he could be a multi-inning guy by then. But but for what we're concerned about, the wild card game and the farthest you can look ahead is an ALDS, is that he's not going to be a multi-inning guy. And Luis Severino, who I thought was going to be a multi-inning guy, but seems like they're now converting to a one-inning guy. Because if you remember, Severino came back and they said he's not going to be stretched out, but he was up to like 40 pitches in the minor leagues. And then his pitch totals in his four appearances with the Yankees since returning is 30, 37, 15, and 16. So he's going down, not up. Well, he's also been effective, but he's also been very effective in in, in the position. I just, it changes what we thought. I I think it changes what we thought Severino was going to be used as. I thought he was going to be used as multi-inning reliever, two to three innings, couple days off, two to three innings. But now it seems like he's going to be used as like an eighth inning guy. And if he takes over the eighth inning over Chad Green, I'm totally fine with that. Okay, I know Chad Green had an effective eighth inning last night. But Chad Green still scares me right now. And and Luis Severino hasn't allowed a run since he came back. And I know it's only four appearances, so it's small sample size. But he looks pretty damn good. So Did, did someone say that they're not making him a two-inning guy anymore? Did Boone come out and say that? I, yeah, no, I but, that look, I, I, but you're, just looking, you're, you're just looking at the pitches. So I, I think a lot of this... And, be- and, and how many innings he's pitched. If, if their plan is to continue to stretch Luis Severino out, they're not doing that. Okay, I don't... I don't I think that the um, I think originally I thought that maybe he was going to if he's starting at two that they, he could stretch out beyond two, but I think that they're pretty much putting him at a cap at two. I think that's where it is. I think it's situationally uh, it's it's we've the numbers have gone down and he's been pitching really well, so he doesn't hasn't needed as many to get through the the time that he's there. So I think that that is going into it. But you could stretch a guy out or keep him at that same amount. You know, through bullpen sessions, throwing a little bit more afterwards yeah. in the tunnel, you could do a number of things to to keep his arm in a position to be thrown two innings. Doesn't need to I throw guess, two innings every single time. I don't know. Maybe I envisioned a scenario like he he's a two inning guy, and then if the Yankees make it deep into October, he becomes a four or five inning guy. But maybe that's just unrealistic. Yeah, I mean that that was kind of my pipe dream in the beginning too, but it doesn't seem like that's happening. Number four is that uh, Wednesday's game, I thought, was just a, a really bad loss all around. Um, again, Cole got hit hard. The careless mistakes still are happening with this team. So the Yankees made the score, made it a two-run game. Cole's still on the mound in the fifth inning, and the leadoff batter hits a pop-up into short left field. And Gallo and Gio, Gio's playing shortstop, they just converge, and the ball just drops in front of Joey Gallo. And that's a play that he just has to catch. Like, he just has to come in and you're the left fielder running in on a ball. You catch the ball, Gallo. And I know he dropped the pop-up at Fenway. LeMahieu dropped the pop-up at Fenway. There's all these, the, the Yankees let a foul ball drop in uh, uh, up on the right field line. Uh, I think it was Thursday's game. Maybe it was Wednesday's game where it just like fell in back of Rizzo. Uh, yeah, that was like Rizzo ran over. It's like, why can't you guys catch pop-ups anymore? I mean, Vlad Guerrero can't catch a pop-up either. So it's happening. I don't to, care to about Vlad multiple Guerrero. People. It's happening to multiple people across the league. I don't know. At this point, it is what it is. I feel like fundamentals aren't going to get any better at this point. So I just hope they can catch the ball and field. No, the ball but I the still know it's going to be their downfall. That's the maybe, that's what's maybe. annoying me. It's like you're gonna if you make it to the ALDS, you're gonna face Tampa, and if you don't play fundamentally perfect baseball, you will lose. Okay, well, one day at a time here. One, uh, as as Boomer would so say, my one, dad shi- said one shift at a time. Uh, first of all, my dad had an all-time text. Did you see this text from my dad? Last no. night I tweeted it. He said, 
<laughs> uh, it, it may be my favorite text of, of all time from my dad. Last night, he says, it's painful watching Gary Sanchez play a sport he obviously sucks at. Brutal. <laughs> he's Absolutely just totally brutal. off the Gary Sanchez bandwagon. Gallo been, I don't did, think he's ever been on it. <laughs> Gallo uh, had some good news with his x-ray on his forearm that it was negative. So I don't know. Maybe they hold him out a couple couple more games. Um, Voight was placed back on the injured list. There's the fourth injured list in for him this year. His season's done obviously um they didn't they didn't he didn't play for a week so he didn't play from september 22nd until he pinch hit the other night against toronto they're saying he injured his knee re-aggravated his knee in the pinch hitting appearance that's convenient i guess maybe he did but like why hadn't he played in over a week because they because there's no explanation because uh you know rizzo was playing and and it didn't, yeah, I know. The stars didn't align with the way, um, you know, one of the Giants in, were playing the outfield or not playing the outfield so that Voight could come in there. It just. No pinch they, hitting opportunities. They, want, they for wanted. Him over they, a week. Clearly, Rizzo is the guy that they want out there. Like, Fine. That's, 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 all, that's what I wanted. I'd rather have Rizzo out there because the, offensively, they've been basically the same. And defensively, it's not even close. Yeah. So that's it. It gives them the balance in the lineup, which everybody knows we the Yankees love. LeMahieu, he's left the game on Thursday uh, with right hip soreness. He had the MRI on his hip recently, said he's been dealing with this for a while. This is really bad news for the Yankees if he's going in. If we're going into the wildcard game and LeMahieu's at like 60%, this, this is horrible timing. Yeah, it's a, coming to a head at a bad spot for sure. Um, so hopefully he can a little bit of R&R and some Ben Gay get some... Get some uh, Get some key massages, some some uh, little Ben Gay rub down. Get him back in the game. He's a gamer, so I'm hoping uh, they can numb it, <laughs> and he can just. I'm you know, does a cortisone shot help in there in, in that hip area? Maybe it depends on I guess what the well, actual so injury pain, is. I don't know. Pain wise, but if the hip, if it's like a strength issue, then that that's kind of a bigger problem, right? Yeah, we'll see. Maybe. I, he just he needs to he he needs to you know tweak the robot until he's. Uh, you know, after the season and then figure it out. Maybe he just needs to And you know that's what he's trying to do. You know that's what he's trying to do. He's just like, he, you know, he's the Ronnie Lott uh, mentality. I'll cut off my my pinky to play the game right now. And I and I love that. Clearly, if it's too much and he's got to get pulled, like that's that's not good for him. Well, maybe he just needs to stare at Bronxy the turtle some more. Did you see did you see yes. the the story? Yeah, I love it. And I and I love the fact that that Nestor Cortez is the guy uh, you know the the shirt that that um, those guys made for him with the where he's looking like a Mario brother adopts a turtle. This is all perfect. Yeah, the good luck turtle. So no, but like in the story, I think MLB.com wrote the story. There was a line in there that said DJ LeMahieu apparently just spends minutes staring at the turtle. It makes a lot of sense. They probably <laughs> talk to each other through telepathy. There's a, there's an understanding there with the way that the turtle is. Wouldn't be surprised if Kluber's also staring at the turtle and 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 speaking in uh you know a, a different tongue that nobody understands or just mental telepathy to the turtle yeah this is this this all checks out it's like i i, I imagine lemayhu <laughs> i imagine lemay is a no-nonsense guy so i imagine him when he heard about bronxy and saw bronxy he was just like 
his initial reaction was like, well, this is stupid. And then he just started like getting mesmerized by the turtle and then he couldn't look away. And it's like, that's why he just stares at it for minutes. Cause he's like, studying he the to, motions of the goes turtle. Goes to a Zen place. He wants to understand turtle. why the turtle is and, and what the turtle does in the, in the existence of said turtle. No, I like it. He's breaking it down in his mind. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, we kind of did this already, but looking ahead to what could possibly happen with the wild card. Again, the Yankees are two up on the Mariners and the Red Sox, and they're three up on Toronto. The, the tiebreaker scenarios are, are insane. So there's a, an article posted on MLB.com on all the different possible outcomes and there's like if two teams or three teams tie for it the teams are assigned um if three teams tie they're assigned like uh designation a b and c and then based on your record against those teams you choose if you want to who you play basically there's all different crazy scenarios luckily for the yankees i think they're going to avoid it but would you like to see 
What would you like to see happen? Would you like to see there be a three-way tie, a two-way tie? Um, is there a team right now you would most want to face, least want to face in the wild card game? I think that some of the pitching on, honestly, Seattle is worries me the most because the Yankees haven't seen them as much. And we know when a guy is thrown in against the New York Yankees that isn't a hard-throwing guy, has a little bit of a, um, a tricky uh, repertoire, arsenal, if you will, then the Yankees can sometimes struggle off of a, a guy like that. So I could see a number of these uh, Mariners pitchers coming in here and giving fits to the Yankees because they give a very different look. And I think they do. Whereas, you know, the Yankees know what they're getting against uh, Toronto and Boston. These are these are known quantities. <laughs> Seattle, how to, are they winning for baseball lack of games? A better I don't understand how they're winning baseball games. I just, I'm looking at the the leaderboards right now. Seattle's pitching staff is is eighth in the American League with a 4.24 ERA. And a, what are they over the last month? What are they over the last two months? Like that's to me. Like don't look at the, the whole season. Look at what's All what's right. going on in the last. Do you, month, what, when do you want to make the cutoff? You want because I think they've been on a surge for basically two months. So let's let's call so it. So call it the uh, August first or post season. Yeah, post season. Uh, uh, post the uh, trade deadline is what I meant. Okay. Yeah, August first. That's fine. They're um, they they are just have seventh. a team. They're seventh seventh in the American League. Four point two one uh, or three point eight seven ERA. Four point two one FIP in that time. Yeah. So better, but like, I don't know. I don't know how they're. I don't know anything about the Seattle Seattle Mariners. Like, hand up, fully admit it. The Yankees have played them. They've played them well this year. The Yankees are five and two against the Mariners this year. I don't know when the last time they played them. It's, I think it was a long time ago. I, I don't know tell shit you, about the Mariners. I I've been hurt before by that team in the in the postseason, and I don't want to see them again. the The Seattle Mariners and the New York Yankees, to me, is oil and water. They need to they they need to mow them down if it's the case. I still blame them for Don Mattingly. I don't <laughs> like it, uh, and I and they do have some tricky shit with uh, with a couple of their pitchers that I just they I don't, don't think matchups great. So the Yankees have played well against every non-AL East opponent this year. It's the AL East that has given them trouble this year, okay? They are 9-10 and 10 against Boston. Not recently. Eight. Not recently. Yeah, not, not re- recently. I mean, Toronto just swept them. Well, about, they just took two or three. A week and a half ago. They literally yeah, just took two or three. And the, and the one before that, they swept them. The Yankees swept I would Toronto. Rather, I would much rather face Seattle. I would feel way more confident facing Seattle than either Boston or Toronto. Um, I think if I'm, if I'm choosing, if I'm honestly, if I'm choosing one, I hate choosing this because it's like, you're asking for pain at that point. But, um, the, I'd say the least, the team I want to face the least, I can, I go that way. It's not Seattle. I, I, the, the trickiness of the pitching is, does worry me a little bit, but the Yankees should be able to figure it out. Uh, the team I want to face the least is Toronto. Yeah. Cause I think their offense is the best and they yeah, most so I think their offense is the best and Cole. Definitely the most potent, m- most ability to put a lot of runs on you very fast. I yeah. mean, the, the Red Sox do as well, but I think they they manage that that offense a little bit better. I think the the Toronto Blue Jays are just stacked, and Marcus Simeon destroys us, and they have top to bottom guys who can destroy you. And the fact that it looks like it's going to be at Yankee Stadium, uh, also, I think yeah, I I would rank them. Least want to face Toronto, then Boston, then Seattle. I'll face Seattle any day of the week. I don't care. Boston, I I wouldn't feel great about going into it because it's still the Red Sox in a one game do or die playoff game, and like that that's just going to get the juices flowing. 
And Toronto, I think, definitely scares me for the reasons you just said the offense. But I would like to see, I want chaos, right? Some men want to just watch the world burn. Yeah. I would like to see a three-way You're definitely tie. one of them. I as long like as it's not a, your world burning. I So if there's a three-way tie, obviously two games need to be played. Oh, to yeah. Figure oh, out. If, if, if you're asking me what scenario for the other people, I want absolute complete chaos, three, three games, three-team tie, two games. You got to figure this out. Unload what you ever, what all the things that you have to do so that you can come to the Bronx and play. Come, come to us wounded. Come to us with your bullpen shattered after playing two games. Absolutely. That's exactly what I would want to. Can I read you something from this article real quick? Scenario, three to four teams tie for for one wild card spot. Now we're talking. And as of writing this, it's still a possibility. In the three-team tie, we'd have to have the three teams choose and receive their A, B, and C designations with club C traveling to face the winner of the game between clubs A and B to determine who advances to the one-game wild card game. Yes, please. That means there's two games. One on Monday, one on Tuesday. AL wildcard game gets bumped probably to Wednesday. Chaos, baby. Give me chaos. And the fact that you have to choose your opponents is just such a, uh, a an interesting, like, masochist uh, piece of this as well. No, no, no. You don't it, choose. You're assigned designations. You don't assigned designations, do and then you, you, there's, there's, there's just the ability <sighs> to, to get more bulletin board material. Yeah, so that, that would be, I think... And that would be great for for baseball, obviously, because it's just like, and also, you know, it, it would be interesting to see how teams manage that. But uh, anyway, that that's what I'm rooting for is the the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, and the Mariners to tie for that second wild card spot, and the Yankees to not have to do anything too strenuous over the weekend. Right? We don't want to see we don't want to have to see Garrett Cole pitch on Sunday to secure home field advantage. Do you think they will? By the way, this is a good question. No, I don't. So I don't think they will do that. Sunday against the Rays. The Yankees go back, are... Go back to the Yankees' record at home during the playoffs. It's not good. It's not something but, to look at and, and to, to make any... You you got to walk into the game knowing that you're in the playoffs, healthy and, and ready to go. That's it. That's the number one priority. You're not lining up anything. Because also, think about this. The wildcard game's on Tuesday. But if there's this three-team playoff and they got to play all these games, does the schedule get pushed? I believe it does. It, ha- it would have to it get pushed. To. They're not going to play a doubleheader in the playoffs. Right. So it has to get pushed. So there's there's more time that you don't even know about. You can't control. You have no idea what's going to happen. So so what are you doing at that point? You can't set people up. You can't. You just, you make sure you're healthy walking out of that game, that last game. That's it. That's, you tr- You do as much as you possibly can for that, um, for, for that objective and don't get cute. And no, so you, don't, Yankees- you don't throw your, your, you don't make it a priority to throw a guy that you want to be in a do a do or die game to try to secure a home field advantage. You just don't do that. What if about the chips fall? You let the chips fall with the man you put out there, and everybody obviously tries to win that game as best they can. But you don't rearrange things. But you're not just a, to trying to. What if you're not just trying to secure home field? You're trying to secure not having to play play in games for the play in game. I mean, that's possible. At that point, you're you're going beyond. You're getting just getting completely wild and tricky. Because let me let me throw this scenario at you. The Yankees are. It's a risk. It's a risk if you do that. It's a big risk if you do Sunday, that. Sunday, the Yankees are a game up on Boston, Seattle, and Toronto, or some combination of those teams. If they lose and those other teams win, they now get bumped down to the tie. Right. So, yes, you're right. It's like, well, we're still in even if we lose. But if we are in that, if we lose, now we're now we're in the clusterfuck. 
now we're in the chaos. We don't want to be in the chaos. We want to be watching the chaos on TV. Yeah, I, I don't think that you can rearrange anything for that scenario because one, you don't know walking into that day what the scenario is going to be. Yes, so you will. Just, you'll know. You'll know that day. You'll know after su- after Saturday. Right. So if so, what are you saying? If Cole's lined up for Sunday, do you throw him? No, no. Cole's Cole is not lined up for Sunday, but he's right. Pitch so you're saying Sunday. that you would pitch him early. <laughs> Cole, the guy who has not pitched well, you'd pitch him early on Sunday. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do to line up anything for a Sunday game anyway. No, he would be pitching on four days rest. Right. Why would you do that? Uh, that would be dumb. That, there's no, there's nothing saying that that's a I just told you why you would do that. So you don't have to play potentially two play-in games to get into the one game wild card. And my point back to you is that what in God's green earth is telling you that that is a better scenario, having Garrett Cole pitch on four days rest, a guy who has struggled in his last five to six starts, why pitching him early is going to give you a, an advantage in that particular game to not to not get into a, a mess of a scenario? Why do you because think who's that the other, who's going to pitch instead? Who's going to anybody? Instead? I mean, any of these guys are effectively can, could do it. You, you, you have a, a tight leash. You have your bullpen ready to go if possible. And all right, you would you approach the game as a what if there's a, know, a potential game. playoff game, but you don't you don't throw Garrett Cole on four days rest. Four teams tie for the two wild card spots. How about that? Would you root? That's for that actually chaos? less confusion though, right? Because you just play. It's still the same amount of games. Uh, if the Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Mariners were all wind up tied, yeah, for the they two just spots. play each other, and then the winners play each other. No, there's a multi tournament on our hands. The clubs would choose slash receive their A, B, C, and D designations. On Monday, Club A would host Club B, and Club C would host Club D. The winners of those two games would be the wildcard teams that have to face each other. That's actually less chaos than if there's That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it makes it more clean. I don't want that. I want three teams. Three teams (laughs) makes it weird. (laughs) All right. That's going to wrap it up. We will talk to you. So uh, the weekend obviously depends on what happens over the weekend is will dictate what we do for our next episodes. Regardless, we're going to be doing an episode if the Yankees are in the wildcard game. But we also want to do season-ending grades. So that will probably be recorded on Sunday at some point and released. And then if the Yankees are in the chaos, we'll obviously have to talk about that, do an episode for that. But hopefully we are sitting back with our feet up, waiting to see who the Yankees play in the wildcard game, in which case we will record once we know who they're going to be playing. Anything else you want to say, Scott? Uh, I just hope the Yankees still play well in Tampa. I don't want to forget about the fact that that Tampa is still in front of us, and they do need to win some games there. If if Tampa, um, you know, has has any kind of uh, you know inkling to try to take us out, they could if they wanted to. So they got a player that you can't look forward into the wild card without beating the Rays, and that's no small task. All right. We will talk to you guys. Whenever we know what's going to happen. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.